God, I thank you for the passage of Scripture from Jonah that has been read to us. And I pray that you would give us wisdom as we reflect upon Jonah's experience and that we would be honest about our own struggles in obedience. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been asked to do something and instead of running toward that opportunity, you went in the total opposite way? You were just looking for any excuse to get out of that as soon as you possibly could. I'll tell you, that is definitely my experience. Uh, quite a number of years ago, before I was a, a pastor, I was attending a, another church here in the city. And I had actually been praying that God would open up some kind of opportunity for me to be involved in ministry. I wasn't thinking of it as being a pastor, but just in terms of helping out at the church. I was praying to God, just show me, where is it you want me to serve? And it wasn't long after that that the youth pastor came up to me and said, Hey, Steve, have you ever considered helping out with the youth group? Now, you would think, having just prayed that God would give me the opportunity for some kind of ministry that I would see this as an answer to prayer and just like rush and embrace him in this. Say, Thank you. You are the mouth of God. You have just spoken the answer that I have been looking for. That's not what I did. Okay. Not even close. Uh, I responded by saying, hmm, I'll pray about it. Now, there, here's something you need to know. There are certain people, when you ask them a question, they say, I'm going to pray about it. That means they are very spiritual. Uh, they really want to bathe everything into prayer. They want to make sure that they are doing God's will and that they are uh, not going in a different direction. There's another group of people who say, I'll pray about it because they're cowards and they don't want to say no, but it sounds more spiritual to say, I'll pray about it. Well, I was in the latter category, okay? I was not saying that with an intention of, of praying and fasting and spending a whole bunch of time in reflection. I did not want to do this at all. I did not like teenagers. I didn't like teenagers when I was a teenager, and I definitely did not like teenagers when I was an adult. So I had no interest in helping out with a youth group. Uh, but I didn't want to say that. So I said, I'll, I'll pray about it. And then I was just kind of hoping that he would forget about it and would leave me alone because it was a large church and maybe he'd find someone else. But anyways, uh, he kept coming back. He didn't forget. He kept coming to me, Steve, have you thought any more about uh, coming out to the youth group? And I'm like, well, I, I, you know, I'm still, I don't know. And finally, he convinced me to come out just one night, just to check it out. And I thought, well, you know what? That's fair. In fact, this might even uh, serve to my advantage because I could come out and show that I was willing to do that, be there for one night, and then respond to him by saying, you know, I don't think this is really my thing. That was my plan. And so I showed up. I sat at the, the very back. I was very quiet, kind of kept out of the way of everyone. And during that youth event, that youth pastor announced to the youth group, that I was now one of the youth leaders. I couldn't believe it. Like, what am I going to do? I, how do I get out of that? I couldn't just like put my hand up and say, actually, no, um, not interested, thank you. Uh, but I, I did. So I, I thought, you know what, I'll stick with it for six months, 
and uh, and then I'll I'll just kind of drop off after that. But anyways, in the midst of that, uh, you know, God began to work in my heart and gave me a heart for teenagers, and that was actually an instrumental experience for myself in. Uh, going eventually into pastoral ministry. In fact, the, uh, the first, uh, uh, about five years of my pastoral ministry was in youth ministry. So this was really important. This was the answer to prayer. But in that case, uh, I was being led by God and yet I decided that I was going to run in the opposite direction. Have you ever had an experience like that, that either God was leading you in a certain way, or maybe it was just your conscience, or there was something in your life you thought, you know what, I really should be doing this. You just felt convicted that there was a certain direction for you, and yet you would run in the opposite direction. Maybe it was because of fear, Uh, maybe it was just uncertainty, or you're afraid to get uh, into an uncomfortable situation, whatever it was, this story of Jonah is good for us. This is the word that we need to hear, to be reminded that we are not alone, that there are other people, even great prophets, who have heard God's word and God's leading and went into the opposite direction. We have been looking at what's called the minor prophets in the Old Testament. These are the prophets that take place after uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and this group of, of 12 prophets. And probably of those minor prophets, Jonah is likely one of the most well-known of them. Uh, he is a favorite for Sunday school lessons. Uh, if you go into a, a Christian bookstore and you look at uh, toys and and uh, things that are available for for children, Uh, along with Noah and the Ark, uh, you'll find something to do with Jonah as well. Uh, It seems like uh, adults look at this as a story for children, but it's not a story for children at all. It's actually a story that gets to the heart of of, uh, human fear and prejudice and all of the things that hold us from being obedient to God. So we have Jonah here, and he's he's living in in uh, Israel, and he is uh, present there, and he's serving God. And as a prophet, his his role is simply to proclaim the word of God, which is not necessarily a prediction of the future. Usually, it's something like God is holy. You have fallen short of God's standards. You must. Get yourself together and repent, and then you can come back to God. That's the general kind of of uh, message that prophets would give. And so there was Jonah uh, in his hometown, and God speaks to him and says, Okay, Jonah, I have a job for you. You're to go and to proclaim uh, the message of repentance. And he's like, Okay, I got it. This is my job. I'm, I'm a prophet. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Tell me, which city in Israel do you want me to go to? I'm ready to go. I'll tell those Hebrew people uh, what they have to do, how holy you are, and they need to get themselves back together. And God says, I'm sending you to Nineveh. Well, Nineveh was not in Israel. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. 
And the Assyrian Empire was very well known. It wasn't just famous, it was infamous. They were known for being very violent. Uh, they would expand their empire and they would take on new people, but they wouldn't do that by offering something better. They wouldn't come in and say, well, we're going to offer you lower taxes than your local king. Uh, we're not going to provide uh, safety or anything like that. They would reign by fear. And they would do that by not just punishing punishing nations when they acted up or rebelled. They'd come in and be preemptively cruel. And they would kill a lot of innocent people right at the beginning, just so you know what you were looking at if you ever got on their bad side. Uh, that's what God was calling Jonah to do, to go to Nineveh and to proclaim the message to him. Well, he didn't want anything to do with that. Why is that? Well, maybe it was fear. Uh, it's not a safe place for a Hebrew to go to, to go to Nineveh. It would be like if God uh, called us to go into the heart of ISIS-held territory in Syria or Iraq. That's the kind of, of uh, situation it would be. So he would be uh, very justifiably uh, afraid. And yet, as a prophet, he should know that if God is calling him to go to that place, then God's going to protect him. God's not going to send him there just to be killed. So there's probably another side to it as well. And I suspect that it is ethnic prejudice that was going on. That uh, as a proud Hebrew, uh, he thought these Ninevites, they are so bad that they deserve whatever it is that God is going to give them. They deserve to be struck down. The best thing that could happen is for them not to get a warning and for God to rain down fire upon their nation and just completely destroy them. That's what they deserved. And so I think a lot of what was going on here really was prejudice. Well, whatever was going on with Jonah, he decided that he was going to go into the opposite direction. Instead of going east, to Nineveh, he decided to go west into the Mediterranean. So he got onto a ship and started heading toward Tarshish. Now, we don't know exactly where that is. A lot of people believe that that's in Spain. Uh, some other people believe that it's uh, the island of Corsica. But whatever nation that he was trying to get to, instead of going to Spain, it ended up he went to Wales. Sorry, that was my lame attempt at a Jonah joke. Anyways, he got out into the uh, into the water, and God was not going to let him be disobedient. Uh, and so uh, God caused a great storm, and uh, the people ended up throwing him into the water. He goes into the fish, and we're not going to focus on the rest of the story, but you should know that he does eventually escape the fish. Uh, the fish spits him out onto the dry land. He goes to Nineveh. He proclaims the message, and the people repent. And then uh, Jonah gets even more angry because he thought, I'm willing to preach as long as you're going to destroy them as a result of the preaching. But God has mercy, and Jonah is completely offended that God is a merciful God. But we're not going to focus on that part. I just want you to see that Jonah was told to go in one direction, and he ran into the opposite direction. And I want to ask, does that ring true to you? Can you think of something in your life in which you feel that God is pushing you, calling you to go and do something, or to be something, or to say something, or to 
restore some kind of relationship or whatever it is that God is calling you to do and you feel like you need to go in the opposite direction. You're so afraid of that call. And I'm going to share a couple stories. These stories are uh, about me, not because uh, it's all about me, but because I know my own examples of running in the opposite direction. This is really my story. And the one example was uh, uh, before I became a Christian, uh, I had been uh, I had moved from atheism, but I wasn't really ready to become a Christian. I was uh, afraid to actually become a follower of Jesus. And I was working uh, for some Christians, and they were preaching to me all the time, and, and they would even make me take breaks uh, from work just so they could preach to me. And, and so I, at first that was okay, because I was getting paid just to stand there. But eventually, I, I didn't want to hear any more of this. And I'd even been reading the Bible, and I thought, i, I got to stop reading the Bible. If I don't stop reading the Bible, I'm going to become a Christian. So i got to stop reading the Bible. And I was trying to run as far away from possible, to cut myself off from the voices that were calling me to come and to take up my cross. And so one of the, the places that I ran to was I was listening to a classic rock station. I, I love uh, 70s uh, uh, classic rock. And uh, so I'm listening to that thinking, this is my safe place. No more Jesus stuff. I can just enjoy some good old rock and roll. And so I'm listening to the radio. And on the radio, the, the DJ was having an interview with a, a rock star from the 70s, which was very common for them to do. But in this particular case, the, uh, the DJ was interviewing the singer for, from uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Anyone here remember Grand Funk Railroad? A couple of people remember Grand Funk. Anyways, he's talking to the DJ about his story of how he became a born-again Christian. I'm like, are you kidding me? I am trying to escape this stuff, and I can't even escape it on a rock station. I couldn't believe what was going on. So I eventually did, in case you're wondering, I did become a Christian, if there was uh, any questions about that. Uh, and then uh, later on from that, uh, I had felt like God was calling me to go into pastoral ministry. I really had felt like God was doing that. And I said, yeah, okay, God, you know, I accept that. I'll, I'll do that. But I didn't do anything about it. I don't know if this was exactly running in the opposite direction or just stopping and, and just uh, uh, going into neutral. And so I didn't do anything about it. I knew that I would have to go to school. And I think there was some fear about that, that I really want to give up my full-time job and to go to seminary. I didn't know what would it be like. You know, what would my uh, fellow students think about me? Uh, what would it be like for me to actually be a pastor of a church? I was a real introverted person, uh, very quiet. Did I really want to do that kind of thing? And so I kind of said yes to God, but did nothing about it. So I'm just in neutral for a number of years like that. And it was uh, Christmas time, and I went to visit my parents, and we were uh, going to have uh, Christmas dinner. And we didn't normally say grace uh, in my family. Uh, my dad, in particular, wasn't very religious at all. And so we normally didn't say grace. But I asked, can I say grace? And uh, they're like they're going to say no, right? And so they, they say, yeah, go ahead, say grace. And so I prayed. And when I opened my eyes, my father was crying. There were tears in his eyes. And he looked at me and said, Steve, you need to become a pastor. This is from a guy who does no interest in church. Uh, he wouldn't even talk to me about God. And yet he was saying that. And that was the push to say to me, 
I need to get going. I need to do what God has called me to do. What is God calling you to do? What is there that you're afraid of? That you have felt like, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to serve in this kind of way. I'm supposed to talk to that person who makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I'm supposed to give some money to this cause, but I'm, I'm afraid of what, what's going to happen if we do that. I, I'm afraid to, to visit uh, a certain person. I'm afraid to serve in a certain ministry. Uh, maybe it is uh, you're afraid to get baptized, that you watched uh, the baptism this morning and you saw John uh, being willing to go under the waters of baptism and you thought, you know, I've been feeling that for years, but I just don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can get up and do that. I want you to hear the message of Jonah and what he did. There are things that are good for us to run from. We should run from temptation. We should run from injustice. We should run from selfishness. But we shouldn't run from what God is calling us to do. And what God's calling us to do might be different for every single one of us. For some of us, it might be that call to become a Christian for the first time, to, to finally break down and say, yes, I am willing to be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and there's a, an area of ministry or an area of involvement that you just have been holding off. It's time to stop running. Turn around and go back to where God is calling you to. Learn the lesson from Jonah that God always wins in the end. Let us pray. God, I thank you for the story of Jonah, not because it's inspiring, but because it's convicting that in Jonah's story, we see our own story. We pray that you would help us to have the courage to turn around and to go in the direction you're calling us to. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.